Amen. You may have a seat. Bobby, I changed my mind. I'm going to start with the passage this morning. We are starting a new sermon series, and I'm going to read uh, the passage that we're going to talk about. We're talking about um, like how Jesus says is the right way to live, and we're going to look at six different areas of life. And so we're going to start with Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, where Jesus says, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court, and anyone who says, You fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar... And there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the reading of God's word. So, uh, what I'm struck by in these sections, these six things we're going to talk about in the weeks, is that Jesus starts several of them by saying, um, you've heard it said this. And then he goes on to say, but I tell you this. And what I got to thinking about with the help of actually some of our staff people is, what do we hear? about the right way to live. We take in a lot of information in different ways. And we take it in, and it's repetitive, and it keeps coming to us. And so when we take all these things in, what are we hearing? And what do we just assume is like, this is right, because I hear it all the time. And Jesus would say to us, but I tell you actually, no. So... Today, the question I would have for us is, what do we hear about anger? What do we see, experience, get reinforced to us about being angry? About having something that would outrage us? What is it that keeps coming to us? So, back in the day... Jesus is talking to probably mostly maybe all Jewish people who know the law, who certainly know the Ten Commandments, and he says, you have heard it said, do not murder. Hard to argue with that. That's in the Bible. It's one of the Ten Commandments. But he follows that with, but I tell you. And what he's getting at is you're approaching this angle from just this like, have I murdered or not murdered? It's funny, I thought I saw like an animal. It's just a toy rolling in the front. <laughs> Camille! Yeah, so it's just like home. Um, yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, yeah, yeah, going at it at like, can I avoid murder as my goal is one way to live. And many of us could check that box pretty easily. But Jesus is saying, if you want to really live in the fullness of, how, of what I offer, if you really want to do it, I'm going to tell you this, don't be angry. Now, I don't think we need to get into like all of us are just trying to get the, the main 
checklist done, and so we're going to avoid murder, and then we're doing okay. I think actually uh, what our issue is is that what we hear over and over again is be angry. Be angry. You should be outraged. We need to channel our anger. We can't let these people do this. We can't let them take over our country. We can't. And Jesus says, that's not the right way to live. (laughs) Jesus says, I tell you, do not be angry. I thought about starting this service, but it felt like a little bit too jarring coming off of a sweet, worshipful, all hail King Jesus of just saying like, you know, I feel like there's a bunch of idiots in our country right now. I feel like we're losing it. I feel like we don't have any common sense anymore. I feel like, and I'll say this and this and this and this only to prove a point like I'm the problem. Now, Let me look at verse 22, what Jesus says in verse 22. He says, I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. He had just said, quoting kind of law, if you murder someone, you will be subject to judgment. But he says, if you are angry, you'll be subject to judgment. You know what judgment could mean back then if you murdered someone? You would be executed. I'm telling you, if you're angry with people close to you, you're in danger of death. Then he goes on to say, again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. Now, the court is the Sanhedrin. The court is like the people that can throw you out of spiritual community, could say you're banished from the spiritual community. So you're... you're It is escalating, actually, because you could be subject to judgment because you've broken the law, but now you're going to the people who could actually do something about it. And then he says, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. Now we're talking about serious, serious. So what is he getting to in this escalating? Well, there's being angry and staying angry, and then there is raka, raka is how you'd say it, like, <laughs> there's being angry with someone and staying angry with someone. And then there is contempt, raka. I don't even, I don't even, I don't even want you in my orbit. I don't, you aren't even worth, Tuh. and then anyone who says you fool, good news, few of us use that. We're safe, we're safe from hell. You know, I never, I, I, fool. Who would say fool? I don't really care. A better translation of this would be you blanking jerk. You son of a blank. Anybody who says that is in danger of fire. Now, just a little aside. When we say things like that, when we use curse words and expletives, and mean name-calling, it is a sign of contempt. It is a sign of anger, of like, I'm... It's almost always a sign of that. Even in joking, even it is almost always a sign of that. Because on one hand, you could say, like, swearing. What's the big deal? Swearing. When people swear. It's just words. 
it's what's where it's coming from. And swearing is a sign of contempt. Of I don't even. How much swearing is there going on? I am having trouble finding shows to watch that aren't F-bomb all the way through. What is that a sign of in our culture? What is it a sign of that the F-bomb is in my mind a lot, on the tip of my tongue? Is that a sign of how much anger and contempt is in me? And Jesus says, that's not a good sign. That's not a good way to live. Jesus says, it's better to live without anger than with anger. And my question is, do I believe that? Do I believe it's better to live without anger than with anger? Now, to be clear... There is anger, getting angry, that is like a spontaneous response. It's like an emotion. It's beyond our control. So I I do not think that's what Jesus is talking about. Jesus himself got angry at times. When there is evil, when there is wrong. So anger really is a response to when our will gets thwarted. When, When what we think is best, that doesn't happen. Anger can be a response. The question I think is, What do you do with that response? Do you stay angry or do you choose to not be angry? It doesn't feel like we have a choice. It feels like it's right there. But then when we keep doing that, what happens is we are building and we become angry people. And then when we're around enough angry people, we become an angry society. Dallas Willard, I've been mentioning Dallas a lot lately. He's he's one of my favorites. This is maybe... It's in my top five books of all time. I've never read it cover to cover. It is not the easiest read in the world. Like you read like a paragraph or two and you're like, huh, I need to think. Well, at first, when I was first reading a paragraph or two, I'm like, I don't think I understand some of this. But he's just a deep, deep thinker. I am going to, I just was reading this last night. And by the way, much of what I'm talking about with anger in this sermon comes from him. I feel like this book is worth the price just for the few pages on anger that he writes. But Here's, I'm going to read to you. I know it doesn't work very well, I, but I didn't have time to get it up there. So here's what, he, here's what he says. By the way, he wrote this in 1997. A leading social commentator now teaches that despair and rage are an essential element in the struggle for making things right in our society. Despair and rage are essential to making things right in our society. He and others who teach this are sowing the wind, and they will reap the whirlwind, the tornado. Now, just a second. How many news folks, how many people are saying we should be outraged? We need to be outraged at this. How much anger comes across our airwaves, our social media? And he says, okay, when you do that, you are sowing the wind, and you will reap the tornado. Indeed, we are reaping it now in a nation increasingly sick with rage and resentment of citizen toward citizen. This is in 1997. And often the rage and resentment is upheld as justified in the name of God. But there is nothing that can be done with anger that cannot be done better without it. 
There is nothing we do in anger that cannot be better done without it. The sense of self-righteousness that comes with our anger simply provokes more anger and self-righteousness on the other side. I'm angry. I send my anger towards you. You, I can't say it, I'm in church. And then what's your response? What? So, to retain anger and to cultivate it is to give the devil a chance. And we're going to look at the passage where he's drawing that from. The devil will take the chance and there will be hell to pay. When we stay angry, when we stay angry, we are saying, evil, come on in. And evil will oblige. The delicious morsel of self-righteousness that anger cultivated always contains. The delicious morsel. It, it feels good to just give in to the anger. It feels good. We feel better then. But it always comes at a high price in the self-righteous reaction of those we cherish anger toward. And the cycle is endless as long as anger has its sway. Feels good. We send it. They get angry. They bring it. And it just keeps going until somebody says, I'm not going to be angry. What would our life be like if we just eliminated anger? Dallas Willard says, Jesus is the most brilliant person to ever live, to ever walk the earth. He knows the best way to live, and he is giving a systematic instruction here of how we should live. And he says, you want to live a good life? You start with this. This is what he starts with. He said he, he starts with it. Jesus starts with it intentionally. Don't be angry. Just, just work on that. Just work on not acting in anger, not staying angry. Just work on that. And watch what happens with everything else. Do not murder. Who has to worry about murder if nobody's angry? How much better is my life if I'm not angry? Well, I don't know, because, I mean, there's a lot of things happening to me. A lot of things really ticking me off. How about the people around me? How about if people around me aren't angry? What? He may be onto something. This might actually be the better way to live, but is that what you hear? Is that what you hear from your classmates? Is that what you hear when you watch whatever you watch? I'm going to change direction. Let's go to, there's two other passages I want to look at that deal with anger. The first is from James. And this, I think, gets, oh, I didn't mark it. Can you bring that up for me? It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen. In our anger, we don't hear anything. We don't see clearly. We don't hear or we see. We're angry. And we don't see clearly. Quick to listen, slow to speak. When we speak or post or email or whatever we do, hit send quickly in anger. <sighs> Lots of times that doesn't turn out so good. Lots of times we want to bring that one back. 
quick to speak, slow to anger, and slow to become angry. Then, getting at what Dallas Willard just said, the next verse, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Human anger, doing things out of anger, does not get the results that God says are good. Hmm, that's not what I hear. I hear we got to channel our anger. Anger. I hear there's reasons to be outraged. I, and there are. Evil is bad. Evil's bad. And we should hate evil. But the difference is human beings are precious. And even when human beings do evil things, we need to stop the evil. Well, that's true. But also we need to still treat people as people as precious human beings. And what we can do is we can categorize people or we can so hate certain people and draw contempt that we dehumanize them. So my ex, my in-laws, LGBTQ community, Black Lives Matter, you, you name the Trump, you, you and it's like, well, they don't deserve to be treated like a human being anymore. Okay. Let's go to the one other passage from Ephesians, dealing with anger, where it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. So this acknowledges, we're going to get angry. Being a human, we will get angry. Sometimes for good reason. But don't stay angry. Don't Stay angry and let it build and let it turn into other things because then you're inviting evil in. Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. So this says, when we're angry and stay angry, we're inviting the devil in to live in our house, our life. We're inviting him in. And when we, especially with our mouth, live in the anger, the bitterness, the rage, the slander, when we do that thing, we're also saying, Spirit of God, you may leave. I mean, we don't intentionally do that, but that is what happens. Why? Because here's what the Spirit of God is about. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. God's heart forgives. Do we want to be a forgiver or, like the devil, a condemner? An accuser or a defender? Which way? And I don't think we think I'm going to be angry and sign up with the devil's team. That's not what's going on in our mind. Our bodies are just sort of trained. And we're getting these, like, this is the right way to live and be all the time. Just go with anger. Because there's things to be angry about. And then we become angry people instead of gracious, loving people. But if we step back and say, do I want to be an angry person? Or do I want to be a person when even when things are wronged, when I'm wrong, when things are tough, 
I'm still not angry. I mean, anger, just, just our own health. What anger does to our blood pressure, our heart, what, how much energy it just takes from us. It just takes energy. We just get drained of energy out of our anger. And sometimes Mike Rizzo, um, Justin Rizzo's dad, who's here today, was, I can't remember which group setting he was sharing with us on Thursday, that depression sometimes is anger on ice. It's like we're angry, but we're just numbed out we're so angry. So what is better? But then the next question is, is it possible? And I'm going to get to that in a second. But first, I want to just, the couple points I'm trying to make is, what seems natural and normal to us in our human nature and in the world around us is like, it's a good thing to be angry when, when we're right. But that's not what Jesus says. And so then we have to decide who's right, the world and what we naturally think of to make us feel, because it feels authentic, or Jesus. And then we get to, if Jesus is right, how do we do it? I mean, I'm not like, I'm not like set out a goal, I'm going to be an angry person. It's just hard not to be. So I'm going to get to that in a second. Two just other points to make from this, what Jesus says. He goes on, he says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Instead, do something like this. If you know somebody's angry with you, like a brother or sister, someone you're close to, and you are at the altar Stop and go make up, get, get connected, ask for forgiveness, whatever it takes. Which that, uh, your gift at the altar isn't just like, oh, you're there for morning church service. It was a pretty big, you didn't bring your gift to the altar every week. It's like big time, like your baptism. But Jesus is saying, what if you were the kind of person who instead of like going with anger and spreading anger, were the kind of person where if anger's coming against you, you don't get angry back, but you right away go like, Let's figure this out. I'm sorry. Let's, let's do it right away. In the same way he says about your ad adversary. Now somebody you don't even like, or at least they don't like you, still like, well, how, do your best to diffuse the anger. Now what if we're those kind of people? Instead of when anger comes at us, instead of responding with anger, we respond with something else. What happens? I can't tell you how many times I have been tempted, well, many times I'm tempted and I give into it, but how many times when I'm tempted and I don't respond in anger and I respond to a person who I am not happy with and I've got in my mind all kinds of ways to respond directly or indirectly, negatively toward the person, when I don't do that, all of a sudden that response back to me is so good. And now I'm not even struggling with that. It just happens because God helps us when we make our steps into that. And so that gets, gets to uh, how do we do this. So this week, it was Ezra's birthday. Ezra, running, no, you're not running lights. Did Ezra not come to church? Oh, he's upstairs helping kids. I was going to embarrass him, humiliate him. Joke's on me. All right. So at our house, at our house, because a couple times in a row for people's birthday, we bought donuts like 15 years ago. Now it's like required that if it's somebody's birthday in our house, you get donuts. And we have so many people in our house, it's like almost every week that it's somebody's birthday. Anyway, 
So we go to get to the donuts. Now, my kids like the high V raised donuts. Camille and I prefer the Casey's, you know, more cake donuts. So I always make both stops. And there's always some joker of my kids that's, that, like, says they're going to do the chocolate, and then they switch to the caramel. Like, I try to be precise, and every time somebody's disappointed. So now I just get extra donuts. So we're on day two of donuts, like just the leftovers. Everybody gets one. And I was very careful. I prefer the chocolate. I was very careful to make sure that I got, you know, enough chocolate donuts. And in our mornings, um, you know, if you don't get up at 6 or 6.15, it's, it's not good. It's not good. It's like, uh, well, we're, we're on the full court press just trying to see if we can catch up. And it usually doesn't work out very well. But anyway, so this is the morning. We, we slept in a little bit. But we got, you know, soccer practice. We got all these things going on. And so, ah, we're not going to make the bus. i got to get the kids. i take a quick shower. And so, I am hungry that morning. And there is a donut. And when I get to, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to grab my donut, all that's left is the white raised and the caramel cake, not my chocolate. And I'm like, who did it? And I know it's you, Emmett. It's got to be you. I can't, I've, it's my process of elimination. You were the only one not around. Yeah, he's nodding his head. This is the way we deal with family issues, just out in the open, like with, you know, everybody live stream. Okay. Anyway. And so, like, I'm like, oh. And then I'm going to go, like, to take the caramel one, which is the one Camille wants. And I could see the look on her face, which is like, really? You're going to, I mean, okay. I mean, she's like, okay, you can. But I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is the one that you want. But I'm thinking to myself, we have these two other muffin things here that you could heat up and put butter on. I am leaving, you are staying with the muffins. You got two of them. I'm looking for one donut here. But instead, I'm like, okay, I'll take that, I'll take that. You know, she knows, I didn't do it that bad because she knows and the voice goes up a little bit sometimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, really, I'll take it. Anyway, so I take the donut, I put it in, and we're huffing, puffing, I'm getting out there, and we start driving, and then it just sort of dawns on me like, I don't even like these kind of donuts. I'm going to waste my sugar calories on a donut like this. And so I was like, Everett, you want this donut? Yeah. Really? Okay, boom. And it was just gone. I mean, I, I was really just thinking out loud, but it was too late. He had eaten it. So what's going through my mind as I'm driving is like, I'm going to text Camille and say, yeah, I just gave my donut to Everett. Right? I feel like she should know that. I feel like she should know that she, the one with two muffins, could add a different donut. <laughs> I'm serious. This is what I was, and I'm mad. I'm, I'm mad. And, I'm, and then I'm like, what am I preaching on this Sunday? <laughs> and so then I started reflecting on it. So like in a moment, in this like, I'm in a hurry. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm easy, you know, ticked off, a little tired, stressed out. You know, it just dawns on me too as I'm driving like. My office is 20 yards from Casey's. Just go buy another donut, right? I got a rule, though. I don't buy donuts ever there because otherwise I do it every day. Anyway, so, uh, but what I was thinking is, so had I sent the text, Camille, who was in a, a good mood that morning and, and being kind and helping everybody out, it would have just been like, boom. And she probably would have thought, like, I told him to take it. And some of you might be thinking, preacher, if this is the worst of your anger issues, we cannot relate. No, no, this is not. How dare you even suggest? No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, no, but what I'm, what, I'm, uh, what I'm trying to point out is 
we can get angry over the stupidest things. And then we got to let someone else know. And then they go from being in a fine mood to receiving it. And now that, you know, what's the goal of accomplishing that? And then it just builds. And when I, in, in my normal mode, I think, I don't have a choice. I'm just angry this morning. And it's because other people did things. So I need to send things to other people. That's not a good way to live. Um, I don't know, four or five, six weeks ago, I started, because I was reading a, a book I hadn't read in a long time, who, where they encourage practicing the presence of God. Practicing that God's spirit is with you and in you. And most of the time, we can live like just walking alongside of ourselves, analyzing our life, thinking about everything else, and not just centered in the moment, just remembering, okay, God, you're with me. God's, your spirit's in me. So I was practicing that. And as I practiced it, here's what I noticed would get whispered, would be a way I would say it, but I don't want you to feel like it was too mystical. Just like, here's the thought that would come through my head that felt like it was coming from outside. When we're angry, things come from outside of us that are evil. When we're in good space with the Lord, or even when we're not, but he's just being gracious to us, we can get things from the outside that come from God's spirit. So here's the thing that I noticed that happened to me multiple days in a row where I was trying this out. is The thing that would come through my mind is just, don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't feel sorry for yourself right now. And then I had to choose. And my default mode is if something doesn't go my way, I get slighted, I get a bad look, I, get, I feel sorry for myself. And then... I'll live in, I'm living like this. So then it's like, well, I don't how do I not? There, it's amazing. Our bodies, I think, are so programmed because we've responded the same way the same way that when something comes that way, we just we don't even think we have a choice. But then to be like, okay, I'm not gonna feel sorry for myself. What can I be thankful for right now? All right, I'm gonna think. And man, my days shifted when I would just change that. And I realized that connected to that thought of just like, I'm just going to not feel sorry for myself is I am not going to stay angry. And for a couple weeks, that's what I was trying to live with. So if you can give, bring up the slides, Bobby. We'll, we'll come toward an end here. Do not feel sorry for yourself. When Jesus says, don't be angry, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know how to, I mean, the emotions are so strong. Okay, are you feeling sorry for yourself? Maybe you have some legitimate reasons, maybe some really, but then bring it to him. Instead of going into the mode of like, find a way to go to like, help. So don't feel sorry for yourself, don't stay angry. Here are three questions that I'm going to, I think, the next several weeks going to be asking us to reflect on and to keep asking ourselves throughout the week, what am I meditating on? That's maybe not the best. What am I taking in? What, what do I keep going in my mind? For me, right now, who the lion's going to pick? 
Who are the lions going to pick? could be this person, this person, this person. But then when you get to 32, wow, now the options. Anyway, fill my mind with that. I get irritable. Not because, I mean, the lions are bad. I get all that. But I'm just talking. I get irritable because I'm thinking about things that don't matter. And it just feeds something. So what, what do you keep? What are you watching? What are you watching? And how much of that comes in because, and why I'm saying that is because what have you heard? And Jesus is saying, but I tell you this, but you're not listening because you're taking in so much this because you keep thinking so much about this, including who you're angry with, what you're angry about. I mean, the, the phones, like, what, if you watch a news feed, if you have a news feed and you do not like Donald Trump, you will keep getting headlines that are like, hear this about Trump, hear this about Trump, this about Trump. If you do not like Joe Biden, you will not be getting the same headlines on your news feed as the person who doesn't like Trump. You will get anything like, Biden, socialist, da-da, da-da. Because there's algorithms to bring up what you're most likely to click on. And what we're most likely to click on is what makes us mad. If we don't want to be angry people, we can't just keep clicking on the stuff that makes us mad. Next, what is coming out of my mouth? What is coming out of my mouth? They did, I don't know. I say they. I heard someone said a study. They could be making this up. Fake news. I think fake news can make us mad regardless of which side. Anyway, anyway. But th this makes sense to me. They were trying to do a study af after COVID about what brings people together because in that, though, especially that first year afterwards, like it felt like people were so isolated and they weren't coming back together. So what actually did help people feel connected and together? And it wasn't religious things. It wasn't political things even. It was, it was complaining. Complaining was the number one thing that made us feel like we're together. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's good to feel together. But, but complaining can a lot of come out of like feeding the anger. right? So instead, maybe the thing that we should try to have coming out of our mouths more is the last question, what are we thankful for? What are we thankful for? Think about that. Meditate on that. Let's talk about that. It just changes. Anger is so contagious. So is joy and gratitude. So let's go there. I have blabbed for almost long enough. I was going to say long enough, but then I'm going to keep blabbing. But the worship team can come up. That might get me down off here. There's one other point I want to make, and that is that anger is often the secondary issue. Anger it often covers up what's really going on. A lot of times, it's grief. We are really sad. We do not want to feel our grief, so we hide behind anger. Or we're scared. We feel powerless. And so, anger. What I realize is I am powerless to deal with my anger. I need help. I need a savior. And so what we're going to do now is we're we moving out of this place. I'm going to encourage you, choose to not be angry. 
When you feel yourself getting angry, just like, oh yeah, I have a choice, and I'm going to choose to not stay angry. But then also, help. I don't even know why I'm angry. I don't even know why I responded this way. Save me, heal me, help me. Let's pray to that end. God, we confess to you today that we are easily angered, that we are quick to speak, quick to become angry, slow to listen. So we ask for your forgiveness of that, and we pray for a cleansing to come now in this room. We acknowledge that you are God and we are not that you are the judge and you will make all things right. And we acknowledge that we need you. We need your healing to come into the sad places in our hearts, in our subconscious. We need your encouragement to come where we are worn out, where we are overwhelmed. We need you to help us know that you are on the throne that you are over all, that we can trust in you. Pray today that you would just be draining the anger out of us. Just draining the anger out of us. And you'd be replacing it with your spirit and all the things that come from you that are good and life-giving. As we focus on you now, would that filling happen? Would you literally fill us with the things of heaven? For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.